how do you balance running a business and the needs of your staff? Hi, I am Kayla and I am the host of the Profitable Salon Podcast and on with me today is Doug Campbell. Hi, Doug. Hello, hello. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. I invited Doug back on the podcast because um, we're going to kind of dive today in kind of talking about leadership in the salon and the needs of the staff and kind of how do you structure the staff that you have and making sure your policies are in place and just kind of asking the questions of like, what is the rationale? What is it? What's the important parts of making sure that you're really clear on how you manage your staff? So to avoid more drama, to avoid confusion and hopefully avoid any other things that would come up with your staff being unclear on what your policies are inside of your salon. So Doug, I would love to talk, pick your brain about like how you manage your staff. Like, cause you own, we've talked, Doug's been on the podcast before you own, let me see if I remember two salons, a barbershop and a restaurant. Yep. Nice. So you've got a lot of staff to manage. <laughs> so you've got a lot of experience. I mean, it's been 20 years, right? Uh, yes. Nice. Nice. Um, so in that, I would love to pick your brain on like how you balance, like, how you, um, how you like basically what you've learned over the last 20 years and how you've settled into having that many staff and what that's looked like. Um, so first I would love to know, like, what are some really important parts? Like when you're building your salon policy, you're, you're building how you manage your staff, what are some really important things to keep in mind when thinking about managing your staff? I mean, I think first of all, if you don't have a good code of honor, you've got to create a code of honor. Uh, and that so has to be good. created by the team because that's super important that it comes from the team, that it comes from all of us. Uh, and there's a little yeah. bit of an art to doing that because if, we, if I came in and said, hey, this is what I, I want everything to operate and everything to run, they'd be like, okay, fine, we'll sign off on it. But whenever we create a code of honor, which is how do we want, what environment do we want to work inside of and what's going yeah. to push us to be better? Uh, so we do that. Um, and sometimes people get confused between that and their handbook or their you know guidebook it's like it does it can point to it it can point to the handbook um, yeah. like it could point to the dress code and the code of honor you have, maybe you have a thing in there about we want to conduct ourselves as professionals and so you know, what does that mean well that means you know we, we dress the dress code we show up on time we you know do all those things uh, so that doesn't have to be in the code of honor it could just point to the handbook, you know, all the things in the handbook that pertain to being professional. Um, yeah, yeah. Because that's where you in the handbooks where you want all your little details. Um, and the code of honor is more of a, a overarching, you know, thing, anywhere from ten to fifteen things that we all agree is how we're going to operate and that should handle anything that's going to come up uh, because it does go f flow into um, one of the biggest principles behind managing people is what's in it for them. Because uh, hmm. everybody is concerned about what's in it for them, uh, and, and that's not a bad thing. It's not. I mean, it sounds I know, it sounds a little selfish, maybe that what's in it. Well, I'm only concerned about what's in it for me. Everybody is. Everybody's concerned yeah. about self preservation and self your, how you're experiencing life first and primary because you're there all the time, right? You're in your body yeah. all the time. <laughs> you want to make sure that has the best. So, then, as a leader inside your organization, you got to think that that mindset. Okay. What's it? Why should they care? Because just because I care, and there's business reasons that I want everybody to care, they're not getting necessarily. They're not getting a profit check. They're not getting any of these things. So why should they care? So I think if you come mm -hmm. from that standpoint of why should I care about this? Why should I care about being professional? Why should I care about being on time? Why should I? Why is it important? So you've got to be able to, as a leader, frame things around so that. It is what's in it for them. So then they see, okay, 
it's a benefit for me working here. There's, this is mm. good for me. This is good for my existence to be yeah. at this place with this group of people. It helps me. It helps me to mm. be a better person. It helps me to be a better provider. It helps me to be a better leader in my home, a better leader in my community. So this is good for me. That's what's in it for them. But make sure that you're setting that context up in all of your communication, because I know the we talked to a lot of salon owners that their their knee jerk reaction is, well, and it's a business reason. It's like they don't care. It's not, I mean, yeah, because it's not their care, business. But they don't really care. It's like, yeah. okay, it's your business. Uh, so yeah, say, you don't want them to. You don't want them to think about like, I, I'm, I care because I'm going to keep my job. You want them to get bought into it and be like, this is a job that I want to invest in. Cause then they're going to be there more long-term and think about like, say, so yeah, think about what, what are they thinking of? And then when you, when you talk about the code of honor and we talked about that in a number of podcasts before, if you want more information on code of honor, comment code of honor or send a special code of honor, we can explain the whole process to you. But so you've been in, in business for 20 years and you're building out the code of honor. Does it evolve or did you guys set it? And then like, does, how often are you looking back at the code of honors? Like, does this still fit our team for how it is now? That's, that's a good question. Um, it's not something you want to redo all the time, but what you want to do yeah. is if you don't have one, you want to get your team together and you want to have your whole team. And the best way to get people to show up for that meeting is you tell them, say, look, we're going to be coming up with a code for how this business operates. So what environment we're going to be in and what's going to push us to be better. If you don't come to the, the meeting, you automatically agree to what the rest of us come up with. Mm, and everybody's oh. like, oh, hell no. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. getting put in on there, right? Uh, yeah. So everybody generally will show up for the meeting because everybody wants to be heard. Uh, so yeah. you do that one. And then for a while, as long as it's still relevant, um, and you don't have a lot of turnover, then you would stick with that code. And by the way, that becomes part of your um, interview process is you go through the code with anybody that is looking to come onto your business. Sometimes they look, this is what we came up with together. You have to take ownership and agree to live by this code. If you don't, then that's fine. Yeah. doesn't make you a bad person, but it makes you a person that can't work here. Um, yeah. So yeah, that becomes part of your hiring process. Now, if you have a certain amount of turnover, um, like maybe it's been 10 years since you did your code or maybe even five and you've had some turnover and new people there, you might want to do a refresh where you go back okay. through and go back through each one and kind of say, Hey, is this still relevant to us? Is this something as a group that we want to change? Cause then it just re uh, anchors that ownership of that yeah. code of honor um, and helps people to move forward. Or the other thing is if something's coming up in the salon that the code doesn't address, Mm -hmm. And you need to get together as a team and say, hey, look, this keeps coming up because life has changed, right? You know, technology, yeah. things change. It's like an example, and Kaylee will give a, a laugh out of this. Um, <laughs> it used to almost every salon had a policy that you could not have your cell phone at your station. You had to leave oh. it back because you didn't. Because yeah, <laughs> uh, we didn't want people being distracted on their phone, texting, and totally. all this other stuff when they're supposed to be uh, servicing a client. Well, now yeah. it's like, oh, no, not only do you need your cell phone at your uh, station, you need to be taking pictures, you need to be posting, <laughs> you need to be doing a live, you need to be doing all these things on your phone. So uh, so things change. So when things yeah. change, you would want to update your code of honor so that it ha could handle it. So a good rule of thumb for code of honor is like anything, you know, you got a good one. If anything that could come up in the salon could be handled by the code. So when someone comes in and we say you, know, you post it, Someone comes into your office and says, uh, hey, da, 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 you look at the code and say, okay, what does the code say about this? 
basically, what did we agree to when we were nice and calm and rational? What did we agree to of how we we're going to operate so that now that we're in a situation where our emotions are higher, we could look at what we all agreed to when we were calm? Very yeah. helpful, very useful. Um, and one of the things that we talk about, I think from a, a mindset issue to is like, we, what we do as a business is we grow people, we use hair to do it. Mm. What I mean by that is that we happen to do hair, but our, our mission, our goal as owners are to grow the human beings that are doing the hair. Is that the hair is just a yeah. vehicle to be able to grow people. And so that's the way that we focus things. We're trying to, not everybody's receptive to that. It doesn't always work out perfectly. We would hope that yeah. anybody that came inside into our universe hopefully would leave a somewhat of a better person, we hope. Yeah. Um, probably not always the case, but we would hope that they would be better <laughs> for being around us. That's our goal. Um, because what we know is if we can create uh, happy, successful people, then our salon is successful. So our job, yeah. and we tell people about that, our job is to make you wildly successful if you work for us. So that we know if mm -hmm. we make you wildly successful, we have wildly successful people working for us, then our salon's successful. Yeah, but yeah, the, that's huge. The part of it is, is you have to agree to let us help you be successful. So there again, that's that mm -hmm. context set of how you're going about managing people. It's different than, you know, I mindset that people can fall into. I need you, you're, you idiots to get your act together and do things right and use your damn brain. That's the mindset that some owners will fall into because they get frustrated. They've got yeah. all the bills yeah. coming at them. They've got you know, uh, customer complaints coming out. They got all this stuff. And so sometimes they lose context and will think of things, but then that's not useful. It's not, nobody wants to be thought of in that context. So you gotta be yeah. careful. You gotta say, okay, wait a minute. Let me back up. What's the purpose? Why am I doing this? Uh, it's like one of the things inside the academy that we talk about, you know, we want you to love what you're doing and make money. And those two yeah. things need to come together. Um, and they can come together. Um, but so that's one of the things we try to coach people. It's like, look, figure it out. Figure out how to build the team of your dreams. It's like sometimes walkouts aren't the worst thing. Sometimes they're very good. <clears throat> but yeah, you have opportunity. Yeah, you get your opportunity to rebuild uh, with the, and do yeah. it intentionally for the people that want to be there, want to grow, want you know, want to make six figures a year and only work 32 hours a week, have five weeks vacation, you know, if that's what you want, we can help you get there. And that's not going to yeah. happen tomorrow, but we can help you get there. Um, and if that's yeah. what you want, you come do what you love to do and leave with a really good paycheck, we're in your place. Not for everybody. Nice. Yeah. And I love how you're saying, I'm talking about like when owning a salon, yeah, like there's so much to, to juggle. Like you're, you're running the business, you're trying to become profitable, you're doing all these things, but a very important part because without your team, you don't have a business. And so a very important part of running your business is making sure that you are supporting your team. And so you guys have made it a goal of yours. Like, yeah, you serve the people and you do it through the vehicle of hair. And I think, yeah, like people, I mean, there's so many salon owners out there who have different, different passions, different reasons for why they're doing it. And I'd also say that if you're somebody who's like, well, I'm not good at the people part, then hire somebody, get somebody into your salon who is good at the people part, who can lead your team and who can show up for them too because when you balance that of like okay why are they showing up to work every day what do they need and then you align that with the goals of your salon through the code of honor um you'll have a more successful team and then you'll get more profitable and then the trickle effect will happen because if your team's happy your business can be much happier than than that is so when you're doing the code of honor so the code of honor kind of is like 
it, it really touches on like how you operate in like our code of honor. We have a code of honor for our business as well. And it really like hits on all the points of like how to act. Don't be late, like how to respect the mission. Like there's so many different aspects that make sense for our business. So what is the difference between the code of honor? You said the, you said that the handbook is more like the, the nitty gritty and things like that. So how do you, what would, let's focus on the handbook part. Like what kind of important aspects do people need to know that you need to make sure that you are very clear on before people even get hired into the salon? And so <clears throat> all your expectations and thing with when you're putting together a handbook is to not make assumptions. Now, assume mm -hmm. that someone would realize that or someone would assume that someone would know that you need to spell things out. That's why a handbook can be bigger and you know longer and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, there's I, I would consult with an HR lawyer too to make sure that my, my handbook is compliant. It's uh, because you got to make sure of what what's in there fits whatever the current uh, rules are. And if you haven't had an HR lawyer look at your handbook in a while, you probably need to, to make sure that yeah. uh, you're protected and that maybe you don't have something in there that uh, used to didn't be a violation of law, but now is a violation of law. They make mm. sure that it works. Because that's one of the things that we uh, talk about a lot inside the academy is the, uh, the clear agreements. That's your best friend. Yeah. The only way you're going to have a clear agreement is if you're clear. Uh, Blair Singer has a thing in his book about two surgeons that uh, agreed to be on time. Okay, so we're, we're going to be on time. Okay, great. So one surgeon shows up uh, in the operating room, scrubbed in, gloves on, ready to operate. That was his version of being on time for surgery. The other surgeon, his car was parked in the parking garage and he was in the hospital. So mm. he considered that on time. So they were not clear about what on time was. So could you imagine there was a little bit of upset there? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the yeah. guys that's standing in the operating room is like, where the hell are you? And then the guy shows up and he's like, why are you screaming at me? I was on time. And so mm. they were both correct, right? For their understanding of on time, they were both correct. Yeah. And that's what that's part of the yeah, wow. it's not a, So once you get to a clear agreement, you get that's what the handbook's for. Is you want to make sure Got that it. it's okay. very clear uh, about what your expectations are. Just like you can, but you you are going to be on time. Okay, what does that mean? Does that mean that I pull in the parking lot at mm -hmm. eight o'clock on the dot when I'm due there at eight o'clock, or does that mean that I'm at my station ready to work at eight o'clock? So you just got to yeah. be clear of what that is, so that then we can hold people to account when we're clear about what it is. Because the thing that um, clear agreements will do is it will greatly reduce future upsets because yeah. both of your vision for the future line up. It's whenever yeah. you're, you're, you're agreeing to two different things, then there's conflict when that reality shows up and it's two different things. So being yeah. super clear in that circumstances, but that's to answer your question. That's what a handbook's very good for is making sure you're yeah. clear. The other thing I'd say, if there's something that's very important to you or important for your business, um, I would read through that part with them. And instead of saying, here's the handbook, read through it, sign it, and let me know that you read it. Um, I would yeah. go through and point out right here, blah, 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 any questions about that? And right here's another part I really want you to focus on. Now then take the rest of it. Please read through it. You have to sign a document at the end saying that you read and understand everything in this handbook. 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cause I think that that's, you brought up a good point. It's like, yeah, no, don't make assumptions. Cause like, yeah, you're the business owner. So like you think, well, this is what I say and what I say goes, but people don't always, can't always, don't always have the same perspective that you did. It's like you wrote it and like, well, this is very clear to me. Um, but the person who's receiving it may not be. And I think it's come up a bunch of times. I think it's important to note is like, you can't, it's, it's better to have it in a handbook written out than to have hired somebody and three months later have a problem come up. And then you go back and like, oh, we didn't have that in there or to, to after the fact. Cause when people get first hired, it's like clean slate, like this is my expectation. This is what is expected of you and highlight those things, um, to be able to, to make sure that those things don't happen in the future. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to dive into some specific aspects of a handbook and different ways that, um, in the 20 years that Doug has been owning a salon, how he has found to be super helpful ways to write things out. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Are you ready to increase your retention and revenue and convert website traffic to clients? Then you're ready for Maya. Maya creates better business relationships by pairing the right clients with the right beauty professionals. Use promo code HPSA for your first two months free. Visit joinmaya.com to get started. Sustain Beauty Co. has two of the best tools to help you save water, time, and a bunch of money. Join the clean water salon movement with Ecohead's water-saving shampoo nozzles and scrummy plant-based microfiber towels. Available at sustainbeauty.co. Hey, HPSA listeners, let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time. So you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. We're Forest, born on the salon floor and built for and by hair and beauty professionals like you. Forest is your marketing, your reporting, your reputation management. You need one easy to use system that does it all. Forest, together we grow. Welcome back to the Profitable Salon Podcast. I'm hanging out with Doug Campbell talking about just managing your staff and balancing between owning your business, managing your staff. And we've talked about Code of Honor. We've talked about the handbook. And we're going to dive a little bit into some like details on the handbook that Doug has has had in his salon that's been very effective. So I'm going to ask a couple a couple of questions on like call out policy and things like that of of just little details and things that you found that's successful. So let's start with that, Doug. What is your guys' call out policy? Like how do you manage like scheduling and like kind of all umbrella of managing the time that your staff has in the salon? Yeah, so in the handbook, you got to start with general and then go down to specific. So like if you're okay. down to, like if, if you're having to call in, so there's, you know, I, I, I can't make for whatever reason, if we were very specific that you have to talk to an immediate supervisor. Uh, mm. you, you can't you can't leave a message for you can't uh, send a text um, you have to actually speak to whoever's your because that's super important we we have refined that over time they're getting to be clear uh, we've refined that over time so that because people say oh well I, I texted at five o'clock this morning uh, <laughs> that I've been throwing up all night and weren't going to be in the work and say okay that doesn't count because whoever yeah. they text and then, then they text the other, front desk person or, or sales desk person. And then uh, and that person overlooked it, didn't see it, whatever. Now then we're open and somebody's like, well, where's so-and-so? I 
don't know. And then, so I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. finally someone sees a reference or a text or they mentioned it to someone. Uh, so we, we plan that, that you have to actually speak to whoever your supervisor is. If you can't get all of them, go to the supervisor above that. Um, yeah. That way someone knows and we can handle the handle it and move forward with it. And by the way, yeah. like for updating your handbook and that type of thing, you don't have to reprint the whole thing and then have everybody reread it and re-sign that they read it. You can just, whatever the updated part was, that would be sent out to everyone. Everyone would need to sign that they read that and they understand it. And then that would go into the file. Um, and we, we use Docu- DocuSign for most okay. all of our documents now, just because it's uh, one electronic and easy and secure yeah. to store. Uh, and then it's, it's quick and easy and it's documented of when someone signed it. So someone yeah. can say, well, I don't remember signing that or I didn't see that. And it's right. like there's a clear record of, um, everything right. that happens. So we know that, know that it's done, but yeah, it, in different areas, you just have to spell out what you want. And then if you find mm-hmm. out in reality that that's not working out, then you'd make an adjustment to it. Make sure everybody knows, but now they got the new one that new people are getting, uh, that has addressed yeah. whatever the issue may be. Yeah. Now, if an issue came up in your salon and then like you knew, realized that, oh, that wasn't in the handbook, I need to then add it. So you have the issue come up and then you add it. Do you like, how do you handle situations? The situation happen, you deal with the situation, then the handbook affects for future situations, like where like, say like there's something that bad happens if this thing happens, but it doesn't, does that apply to what happened or does it only apply for future things? Does that make sense? Uh, well, it can apply to if, if it wasn't addressed ahead of time, then you just have to handle it the best that you can handle it. Because there again, we yeah. didn't have an agreement on that, right? You hadn't read it, yeah. you hadn't signed it, you hadn't agreed to it. Uh, so it's okay, it's issue, so we need to clean up. Then what we can do is we can take and go back and change the, uh, make a change, put it out to everybody that's signed. Now that's the new updated version of, of what our, our book needs to be. Yeah. In the realm of working with your like like support, like wanting to have clear agreements and a situation comes up that maybe the handbook doesn't and maybe the code of honor doesn't either doesn't really handle and you have to deal with the situation in your salon and and there was no clear agreement ahead of time. How do you how do you personally navigate that with with the, your staff? Well, then like I say, you just have to deal with what it is. And but you can't hold someone to something that they didn't agree to, no matter how much sense it makes or anything else. You just say, hey. It is what it is, and we handle it the best we can handle it under the current agreements. And then you move yeah. forward, and you can clean up agreements moving forward. But you, you can't hold yeah. someone to an agreement that they didn't agree to. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah, work. That's really, that's really important, I think. Yeah, because like I think sometimes the, the slaughter can be like, well, I'm the boss, so what I say goes. But you have to also protect that you're working with human other human beings, too. And so if you like, well, we didn't agree to it, so you can't force something that was an agreement prior to that. I know we've had a lot of questions in our, in our profitable on our Facebook group where people are like, this happened, this is how, how would I handle this? And, it all, and a lot of time goes back to not having that clear agreement ahead of time. And so they're trying to enforce something that they didn't have a clear agreement. So you have yeah, to just a, work through that one. Yeah. And as a business owner, sometimes you're going to have to eat it or take it on the chin because you didn't have that agreement. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. We didn't have that in place. You put it in place and then you move forward, but you can't, yeah. Even if it costs you money or whatever, if, if you didn't get this part of it, that's part of the risk that you take as far as being a business owner, because you assume all the risk of the business as a business owner. Yeah. So that's where you need to make sure that you've thought through your handbook, you've thought through things that you've had an HR lawyer look at your handbook to know that it is uh, a legal document that 
that can be referred to um, and handled. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because then it's like, I mean, that's the whole point of experience. You know, it's like you, you start a salon, you, you're you not going to have all the answers. You're not going to have everything perfect. Things are going to come up. And so when something does come up, you think like, okay, well, what a good growing experience. You eat it, you work through it, and then you adjust what you need to adjust to make sure it doesn't happen in the future. I mean, man, Doug, 20 years of owning a business, you've probably been through a lot of experiences that taught you a lot and then changed and evolved over the last 20 years where you've evolved from like, you're probably not even close to the salon you were when you first opened. Yeah, and yeah, and it's, it's the whole you know, what environments that you put yourself around, uh, and never yeah. better, better putting us around the right people in the right environments, talking to the right people. Just like inside the High Performance Lawn Academy, we always talk to people. It's like the most valuable part in my mind of that is that you, you've got other brains uh, looking yeah. at your things. People, you'll be on a call, and someone may bring something up or an issue that came up. Like you know what, I never thought of that before. And you go ahead and put things in place to be able to handle it before mm-hmm. it happens in your business. Uh, that's why it's yeah. important to have yourself around other, in order what group you're going to do it in, make sure you have yourself around other positive mindset people that are looking for solutions and going in the same direction you're in. Sometimes people yeah. associate themselves with other people and it's not necessarily a negative group. And we just talk about yeah. how much everybody sucks, how much my staff <laughs> sucks, how much this sucks, how much, th- you know, it's, that's not helpful. Yeah. And that, that's not going to get you to good solutions. It's not going yeah. to make you enjoy what you're doing. So it's very important totally. to put yourself, whatever group you put yourself in with is a positive group of people that are yeah. moving forward and believe that, that this industry is an amazing industry. And the biggest thing that we have to do is we have to treat it like a real business. Um, yeah. And, oh, for and sure. To, right. And treat the people inside of it like real professionals. And when we yeah. start to do that, then a lot of things change. Totally. I love, I love that point that you brought Cause yeah, like if you think about how much you learn from your own experiences, you surround yourself with a hundred other salon owners, you're going to be learning from all of their experiences too. And even propel your business even forward to put yourself in a better spot because you're going to be learning like, Oh, if that ever happened, I better make sure that's in my policy too, um, to be able to avoid things in the future, which is a huge point. Um, I would love to ask Doug, like, so when, when policies are broken or like when something goes wrong and you do have a policy, you do agreement, how do you handle that with your staff? Like, how do you bring it up? Like, what what kind of um, conversation? How do you communicate with them? Um, it's according to the level of the problem. I mean, okay. it's something minor, a minor tweak or something. We say, hey, we've got this update. We send it out to everybody. If it's something that deserves more of a conversation, then that's something that we would bring up in a meeting. Um, it, it, you know, we'd, we'd clean it up in that. And hopefully our code of honor would be the overarching thing that would handle it. Yeah. But, we're saying, but yeah. we also need a policy in place that handles this thing that the that the code says we should be doing, but we don't really have a, an underlying policy that backs that up. Um, mm-hmm. So then we would want to, so if it's a bigger issue, it affects more people. We want to be able to have that conversation in open with the whole group, uh, as opposed to just sending some, Hey, we've made this change. And then, because then what's going to happen is they're going to get it. And they're going to all be sitting in the back room, eating lunch and bringing their own you know, drama and story to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the bigger impact that it would have is the more communication that we want to have with the team uh, before moving forward with it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Now, when you say have a meeting with them, do you mean like one-on-one with them or like meeting with the whole staff or just people involved? Generally it would be the whole set. So the way we would do it and the way we recommend doing it inside the Academy is that we would talk to our leadership team about it first, get their feedback because they're plugged in at a deeper level than the yeah. owner is to the business as they're in the day to day and have different relationships with people. 
Uh, so we'd have a, a conversation with them first and we may modify some of what we're thinking or how we're doing it based on yeah. what their input is. Uh, and then we would roll it out to the bigger group. And also from that leadership team, we would take their advice of should this be brought up in a general meeting or should we bring it up in our one-on-one -on -one meetings with people? Uh, because there's situations for both. If it's a very yeah. volatile thing, we probably need to handle it in one-on-ones so that yeah. the conversation is more controllable, control the context. If it just is something that everyone just needs to know and be in agreement on, then we would do that at a general meeting. Yeah. And, but you do like more like general, like you would address the situation in a more general term, not like call that person out. If it was like, if it was like with right. one yeah, person. No, we, no, you know, we'd never want to say, well, you know, because Kayla did this last <laughs> month, we're come up with a new policy and uh, <laughs> we call good. it the Kayla. Um, yeah. <laughs> I get my own but, policy in the handbook. Right. So, I mean, you always want to make sure that, you know, it, that any changes aren't pointing at somebody or embarrassing yeah. somebody and say, look, don't run this and they're getting quite sent for them. So in order to make this work better as a company for everybody, but this policy, and that's why I've taken it through with your leadership team and all that's very powerful because then you really get a, a policy that's good for everybody. It's not just looking yeah. at one side of it. Like really, how is this good? How does this make this a better working environment for everyone? How does it make yeah. you feel more secure? How does it make you feel more confident? All those things are taken in. So then we, we come up with a really good policy that, and then that's not hard to roll out. Yeah. Um, but if it is something that's very sensitive and could be a lot of emotions around, then we would do one-on-one -on -one meetings with that and have people discuss it with them one -on -one to give them an opportunity to be able to feel comfortable enough to share um, yeah. that they may not feel comfortable enough to share in a group with 50 people. Right. Yeah. Now, have you ever had anything in your, in your policy, in your handbook or policy where you like, you've had to modify it. Like you, you put it in the policy before and it was, it was structured a certain way. You had that agreement, but then you realize that's not serving anymore. And then you make adjustments to change your expectation of that agreement. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, one of my, I mean, our cell phone policy used to be a policy in our handbook. And it was actually one of the ones that we had them start. Yeah. We, we pointed that out to make clear that you could not have your phone at your station. It couldn't be in the drawer. It, couldn't, it had to be in the back. It had to be in the back room. And then, of course, as times changed yeah. and it became more of a tool of the trade, then we changed that policy. So that yeah. had to be taken out. And before, and again, anytime you do it, you just have to document it, make sure everyone's aware of it, and that they sign off on the change. Um, and then you can move forward with it. But it, just because it's in there doesn't mean that it's set in stone. Uh, yeah. By the way, it, one of the last things that should be in your handbook is that we reserve the right to make changes and alter this document at any given time, as long as we give notice after the adjustments are made. Nice. Just protect yourself. That's huge. Um, I have another question that um, comes up a lot in our group as well, but um, do you have like, what's your, what's your specific guidelines um, on staff working on each other? Like when they have, you know, they want to get their own hair done. What's your guideline for that? Uh, we love to do it. So what we do is if they do it on their off time, Mm -hmm. then that's fine. And then we have the um, employee pricing, which that has evolved also because we now do the profitable back bar. They just have to pay for what the color charges would be at regular oh, price. Wow. And they don't pay for anything. They just pay for however much color they use, but the color used at regular price so that it doesn't mess up anything at the back bar. Um, yeah. So that's one part of it. The other part is if they're outside their working times, they can do it. If they want to book time on someone's book, and want to be treated like a client, which sometimes they do. 
Um, you know, like we'll have esthetician massage therapists that I want to have a real hair appointment. It's like, okay. So they will get on the, someone's book and they have to pay 50% of whatever that charge would be. Okay. Um, so it'd be 50% of whatever the regular price would be. And then um, the stylist does get compensated for, for their time. And, you know, we, we move forward at that point. So that's, so if they put themselves on someone's book, then they're agreeing to pay 50% of 50%. whatever the services would be. Uh, it's good in color. Color is always 100%. So Yeah. So do you, so when they pay, so, so the person getting their hair done pays 50%, and then the person doing the hair, do they still get their commission rate off of that 50%? Like so whatever income comes in? commission rate off of what was paid, yes. So they're getting okay. something for their time also. And we also ask people, you know, look, don't abuse it. It's like spread it around. And if other yeah. people are, so that's a little bit of a um, honor policy, I guess I would say, is that, you know, we, this is like, you know, because we do uh, spa services too, it's like we wouldn't want everybody wearing out the massage therapist on doing, and then you never do the massage therapist's hair. You don't have time to do her hair. Yeah. yeah so you want to make sure that there's some reciprocation. Yeah, uh, stay in exchange. The, the burden, right, the burden's being spread out. Uh, so some, nobody feels abused by it. But it's the same thing with a, a massage. You know, if you want a massage, then you go in, you can, you can mark it off and book it, but you're going to pay 50% of what that would be. Yeah, um, yeah. The massage therapist would still get paid for it. Yeah. You don't want to also take up all their slots because if you're only paying, they're only getting 50% right. what they would normally be getting, then that's taking away time that they could be getting paid more than that. Um, yeah. And so you're saying that, like, so if they come in during the time, but if they want to come in, like, on their off time, like a separate time, like where, like, the salon's closed or they wouldn't normally be yeah. working, then that's separate. They just have to pay for the color. Yep. They would just pay for the color charge. So, if, and usually what will happen there is people will swap. They'll, they'll yeah. I'll do your color, you do my color. So I'm doing your color while I got color on my head. And it's yeah. not the same as a regular appointment, right? And so you're not coming in and, you know, getting pre-washed and all It's like you're, you're, you're getting down to business. We're getting color applicated. We're yeah. process or your process. You're doing mine. We're going to shampoo you out. Probably not going to blow dry it and style it. Um, it's just like to get our color done. That's a completely different setup. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that we do also is that for our sales team, um, there, there's a limit on how much they can do, but there, we don't charge them for their services that they get. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Reason being is because they're generally the, the lowest paid people inside the salon. And also we want them to be using all of our services because if, if they had to pay, right. so if someone's making, you know, $15 an hour, but we don't, they can't afford a $115 hair bill to get their hair done. Uh, they're going to go somewhere else. We're not ever say, well, I don't get my hair done here or I don't get massages done here or I don't get my facials done here. We want to say, Oh, I do. And Kayla does an amazing job. So yeah. that's the, the benefit for us. Uh, and then it just makes them feel special and taken care of. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. Um, okay. So one last section that I wanted to make sure we touch on was what is your requirements on um, like new hires? What's your requirements on your current staff when new hires come in? Like, do you like, do you have any requirements of how they, do they support them? Do they like, what's that, what's that role? How, how do you have clear agreements there? Um, we don't really, we don't mandate a lot of it. A lot of it's because of the culture that we have is the way yeah. that people will accept people. Because the thing is you're getting onto a team and the way mm -hmm. that we do orient people coming in, it's like, look, uh, you got to earn your way onto this ship, right? Like, it's not, don't, don't come in and try to prove yourself on that. Earn it by serving. So we want people to come in with a, a servant's mindset and yeah. that they're, 
earning their way. So then people go, wow, I love when Kayla's working. She's always helping out here. She's always doing that. Kayla's amazing. That goes really well. Where Kayla comes in and trying to prove that, you know, she's a rock star and she's the greatest thing that ever happened to her. Um, she's probably going to offend and step on a lot of people's toes. Yeah. So, you know, try to turn it around. It's like, look, you need to serve. And then people on this team will accept you very well. Yeah. You got, it's, it's clear they've got to earn their way onto the team. Yeah. I remember when I was hired on our team, I remember um, Jason told me like, if, if, if the team doesn't like you, you like, you won't last long because it's like, if you don't get along with the team, because yeah, we, we are very, we work very close together. And I liked, I kind of liked that because it kind of came in like just to, to not come in hot and be like, try to change things and try to control and try to be like, here's what we're going to do now that I'm in this fresh person coming in with all these ideas um, and become more of a watcher and a listener. And I think that, that even when I was told that coming in, it did, it changed my heart of like, not that I'm that kind of person that comes in hot anyway, but to be more like, just watchful of them and just like open to what they had to teach me, which I liked that. Like, I liked that the pressure was kind of on me to show as a new person coming in to come in and mold with them because they've already established the company. They're already a part of the staff and they already know the culture. And so just to be more of a watcher and come in and mold with them rather than come in and be treated like I'm the new person, help me, support me, make me, make me happy here. Um, so I like that. Well, Doug, thank you. This has been really informative. I always love talking about this stuff because I learn a lot, man. And another year, I could probably open my own salon with all the tools that I've that I have um, collected over doing these. So thank you, Doug, for hanging out with me and answering all of these questions. Um, it's always a pleasure having you on the on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Yeah. And if you're listening and you want any support with your handbook or just more details, or if you want more information on how you can get plugged in to the some more salons, positive like Doug was talking about earlier, those the salon owners that are positive and uplifting and where you can grow faster by being more exposed to other people's um, experience in their salon, then reach out to us on any platform. We would love to have a conversation with you because um, it's a blast. It's a blast hanging out with these people and we'd love to have you. So thank you for listening to the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a review, and check us out at ProfitableSalon.com for more episodes, content, and to help you turn your salon into the business you've always dreamt of.